When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. The Premier League podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily, an award-winning Premier League podcast from Sports Social. Tomorrow on the show, we'll be hearing from former Premier League defender Roger Johnson, who played for Wolves, Birmingham City, West Ham and others. He's got this unwanted nickname. He's known as Roger the Relegator and he's not too happy about it. He thinks it's harsh. We'll hear his take on the situation tomorrow and you won't miss it by hitting subscribe. But today we're going to take a deeper dive on one of the biggest stories in the Premier League over the last few days. It doesn't really get much bigger than when Chelsea sacked their manager and that's exactly what happened over the course of the weekend as Graham Potter became the 13th manager to get the chop this season in the top flight. And joining us to talk about all of the chaos that's going down down at Stamford Bridge. We've got Nick from That Chelsea Podcast, which is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How are you doing, Nick? Yeah, I'm not bad. Um, just, I'd say, business as usual at Chelsea, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you're used to managers losing their job, whether it be Abramovich or whether it be Bowley. I'm sure we'll come on to that in a second. But first of all, what's your gut instinct as a Chelsea fan? Does it feel like the right decision that Graham Potter's gone? It felt inevitable. It felt that after Aston Villa, it was coming. I think the fact, and we may get on to it later, the fact that Julian Nagelsmann is now available, having been sat by Bayern Munich, I think that maybe sped up the process. I think if he was not out there on the market, I think we might still see a world where Graham Potter is in charge till the end of the season. And I think ultimately, look, we it's quite funny, we literally recorded after the Aston Villa game, Sunday, sort of Sunday morning, got it out, and then a few hours later, quite a lot of that was redundant with Grand Potter gone. But the kind of sense we said was, it feels inevitable, and it's a case of when, not if. And the best case scenario would be him getting through to the end of the season. But that was not to be the case. Chelsea have obviously decided to act now. I think they've actually been pretty patient. I know from the outside, people would go, oh, he was given a five-year deal, seven months in, he's been sacked. But I think you compare that to sort of the Chelsea of old, I think Graham, as many times we're talking, Graham Potter could have been sacked probably two or three times before he actually eventually did get sacked after that result against Aston Villa. It did feel sort of almost inevitable after that Aston Villa game. You know, that 
there was sort of, I guess, a false dawn being Borussia Dortmund and Leicester. But since then, it's, you know, dropped points to, to relegation threat in Everton and losing at home to uh, Unai Emery's Aston Villa. You know, five more points dropped in Premier League, slid to 11th. It, it felt inevitable. Yeah, I think that Villa game, as you mentioned, was probably the final straw for those making the decisions at Chelsea. But what are some of the other reasons that you think Graham Potter maybe hasn't worked at Stamford Bridge? Because everyone thinks that he's a good coach. A lot of people say that he's a nice guy. What was it about the Chelsea job that just didn't work out for him? And look, Tuva, I still think he is a good coach. I don't think this Chelsea job should define him or certainly should undermine all of his previous work that he did at Osterson's Swansea and Brighton that led to him taking that opportunity on Chelsea he is still a good coach and I think there will still be a good coach you know good Premier League team out there that would take him and would be wise to to take him I think Chelsea was sort of a perfect storm that he came into I think look let's there's probably a number of reasons I'll start one he replaced Thomas Tuchel who was loved by the fans that was always going to be very difficult to replace someone who was really popular who the fans loved who were not happy really when when he when he was dismissed so that was I guess his first uphill battle you know replacing a very popular man who had won Chelsea for Champions League etc the second thing which this this sort of stuff does not bother me really because it his his character is his character and I think it's unfair to expect him to be something he's not but he is not this ultra charismatic person he's not going to give you these great sound bites he's maybe a bit boring and a bit nice that's Graham Potter but that's what Graham Potter has been and I think you know that's what we should have expected but obviously he he was not perhaps the most engaging character for fans he was not the most passionate Chelsea manager you will see you think of Chelsea side the Mourinho context such a passion on the touchline he was not that and those are things that matter um, you know too much going fans sort of unfortunately in building a rapport with him when results are not good there needs to be something to fall back on and Graham Potter did not really have that rapport with the Chelsea fans, so there was nothing to fall back on. I mean, he had numerous injuries to deal with. I think there was a point like we had basically 12 or so near enough first-team players out injured. At one point, we know the importance of the likes of Reese James, Ben Chilwell to the team. N'Golo Kante against, it's, I guess, quite fitting in a way that N'Golo Kante's first appearance under Graham Potter was also, you know, in Graham Potter's last game, a crucial player for Chelsea, who Graham Potter has been without and who Chelsea have been without since August, really. Um... Yeah, it, it's difficult. It you know, problems arose. I don't think he necessarily dealt with them well. Um, they were not easy problems to deal with. But I don't think he really showed enough or did enough to, to really combat those problems. There was a sense, and again, we talked we talked about after we lost to to Aston Villa. There was a sense that Emery at Aston Villa, all those players seem to have improved a lot since he'd taken over and replaced Steven Gerrard, and we were really struggling and hard pressed to find what Chelsea player has Graham Potter improved in his time. At Chelsea, and we, you know, we couldn't really sh- name names. You know, Ben Chilwell and Reese James have been still Ben Chilwell and Reese James. You know, performed at a, a good level, but we were really struggling to think of anyone who's actually improved under under his time. So I guess there was a sense that you know it was an uphill battle from the start, replacing the the very popular Thomas Tuchel. It was you know injuries came his way. You know, it was a difficult situation. Again, he's also coming into a club that's it's a new Chelsea, right? There's a new ownership. They're trying to create an identity. It's it's a difficult time. There was you know he came in before there was the structure above him, and now the sort of structure is there. That's a pretty backwards way of doing things, even if 
the ownership at the time was sort of doing their best, you know, for the best for Chelsea. But it was you know, it was sort of a perfect storm. Graham Potter did not do enough. I think that first defeat he suffers against Brighton spooks him. Going back to his old club, Chelsea get battered full one. The invention that we kind of seen for him prior to that sort of went away. I mean, we just contrast his last two games in charge. Everton one 0 up, 60th minute. He makes a defensive change rather than going for the kill against a vulnerable Everton side. And granted, that conservatism had worked. You know, helped him against British Dortmund when they're tuning up at the hour mark. Head on me on Agri on the type, you know, Ball Gallagher on, etc. But that was an Everton side there for the taking. And you contrast that, and obviously Chelsea end up dropping points late on in that game. And you contrast that to Aston Villa, where he's got Reese James and Marco Carolla as centre backs, and it's this sort of so ultra gung ho. And you've gone in the space of, you know, to you know a game, you've gone from this sort of conservative approach to this sort of gung ho approach, and you're kind of wondering what what is the idea here? I think fans struggle to really see a semblance of a tactical idea and ultimately he just seemed like a man who who had scrambled thinking by the end which probably happens you know to a lot of managers when they come to the to the end of a Chelsea job Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky in line at the deli I guess Ah in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply I want to go back to what you said a couple of minutes ago. You used the word charisma. And I think that's really interesting because there are a lot of big personalities in that Chelsea dressing room, particularly since the Todd Bowley money has come in and money has been spent on new signings. You think that there are some seriously top players in that side. Raheem Sterling, Thiago Silva, Joao Felix, Koulibaly. These are all European heavyweights in terms of big names in the game. So do you think that was something that was difficult for Graham Potter to deal with? I saw a report the other day that said some players even had to Google who Graham Potter was and they were cracking Hogwarts jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I guess with reporting your take, I would be quite surprised if there are players having to Google who he is, considering they are playing in the same league as him, and some of them would have played against his Brighton sides before. But I think ultimately there's a sense that, you know, he was a nice guy. And as I said, I actually quite liked his, his honesty. You know, he was not incendiary. There were, I mean, there was a moment we played West Ham, we drew 1 1. VAR had an absolute shocker of a call, you know, not giving Chelsea a penalty. And that was a penalty late on the game. Chelsea scored, they come away with a win. But Graham Potter was sort of like, you know, that's life. There was no, you know, and that annoyed some people, but he did not hide behind sort of that poor decision. He just, you know, he didn't really want to make excuses. He was honest. He was perhaps too, too nice, maybe, which again, I feel really, which again, I think is something we as as fans and maybe people in media have got to actually change that approach because he's sort of being villainized almost for being this too nice a person, but he's not been an egomaniac. He's not sort of been this 
crazy dictator. You know, he's essentially struggled uh, in struggled to do it because he's maybe been too nice a guy. Um, you know, I guess I mean there's reports that you know the Chelsea players you know have you know quite liked him, but they were kind of maybe surprised at times that he was maybe a bit too easy on them or too too nice on them. But again, maybe that that's Potter, and I think also. This was his first. It's a big step from Brighton to Chelsea. Brighton, I don't know how many expensive, twenty million pound players he's got. Maybe what one or two at Chelsea. You've got a whole squad of them, and he that's the step up he's got to take. And you're never going to know if a manager can make that step up till they make that step up. No one's a proven manager or proven world class manager till that club takes a chance on them. So I was pleased Chelsea took that chance on him. It's obviously just not worked, and that's a real shame because Chelsea we've wanted to be this long term club that's been the the words that come out this long-term project this vision and with Graham Potter it, it's not worked and again there's there's numerous reasons why to that and Potter obviously takes quite takes some responsibility for that that's quite interesting you mentioned that Chelsea maybe are trying to change from this higher and fire culture that we saw under the previous owner to this maybe more long-term strategy that we may see under Todd Bowley's tenure as the owner of the club but that being said he's already sacked two managers he spent 600 million pound what's your take on the ownership and how they're kind of stumbling their way through things at Chelsea at the moment just on that because you just before I sort of get to that we talk about you know the idea of long term what's also difficult is for Chelsea fans they don't know what long term is precisely I do not as a Chelsea Chelsea fan of 20 odd years I think the longest serving manager I can probably, you know, remember in my lifetime at Chelsea is probably Claudio Ranieri. And that's when I'm like really small before I'm really into football. After that, I'm thinking Jose Mourinho for maybe three seasons the first time round. We're not talking, you know, Chelsea fans are not used to to long term. And if there's a problem, fix, you know, sack someone and then someone else comes in and fixes it. You know, And that's worked though, hasn't it, Nick? It's won you trophies yeah, and stuff it has, like that. It so. has worked. It has it worked to an extent, but I think you can see from where Chelsea have been in the Premier League for the last few years, that approach does not work anymore. But the point is that fans have, you know, grown up on that and a new ownership, it's all well and good saying they want to do this. But, that, you know, and that's their idea of it. But fans have got 20 years. It's their club. They've got 20 years of, like, evidence prior to the country. So it's always going to be difficult also for them to to adapt to that as for as for the ownership yeah two sackings in a in a season i mean that's unprecedented roman abramovich never sacked two managers in a in a season so that is telling um what i will say is and although i did not you know the tuchel sacking i don't necessarily think was an awful decision the timing maybe could have could they have waited a bit longer of course but what it does do that tuchel sacking looks awful now considering that his replacement has already been sacked and the season is still going on and Chelsea are even lower than than where they are in the Premier League look the ownership I think they've shown ambition they've shown intent they've you know in the summer there was not that structure in place you know they're busy handling stuff that they shouldn't have to do but again that's a knock-on effect of the sanctions the you know the the ownership still taking charge later than they would have liked it was not an ideal situation in the summer and they were kind of damned if they did damned if they didn't because if they waited and got you know for the structure in place and not strengthened that squad which needed strengthening then the fans they'd easily be you know thrown at them they're not showing ambition already it was a really difficult situation for them to come in they've got the structure in place now I think it's probably you know quite telling that you know they've got Christopher Vell and I think Lawrence Stewart who I think have worked in the RB in the in the Red Bull model before and now they're they're saying Nagelsmann is obviously one of those available, and they've got experience working. You know, certainly Vivel with, with Nagelsmann. It'll be interesting to see how they now lead the discussions on this, because prior to that, it would have probably you know just been, I don't know, Todd and Bedard sort of going, yeah, we like Potter. And to be fair, 
a lot of fans were quite happy with that appointment at the time because at the time that seemed to be sacking Tuchel. That seemed to be the logical step to go. It's obviously not worked. Um, there'll be questions on the ownership. There will be. It's it's difficult. You can't fault the ambition. They spend a lot of money. Obviously, for some, they'll be able to, for, you know, just, I mean, Gary Neville yesterday was talking about the kids in a sweet shop, etc. But it, it's it's a difficult one. You can't, you know, you d- said you're damned if you do, you're damned if they don't. I can't fault their ambition. The signings have been a clear plan in mind with the age profile of those players. The fact they've been, you know, signed to long contracts was clearly sort of a plan in terms of the signings there it's been difficult this season has been really difficult for them but I don't think people should have been expecting a smooth transition over because it was never going to be be easy for Chelsea um the ownership the the next appointment is crucial though because they've you know got rid of Tuchel one of the best managers in the world their replacement didn't work and they've now got to get a manager the next manager's got to be right because they've got an expensively assembled squad that needs to get a tune out of them pretty soon. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I think that you echo, I think, most neutral people's perspectives, which is to replace Thomas Tuchel, who had won the Champions League with Graham Potter, who had never managed a Champions League game before turning up at Chelsea. I think that that is a stark contrast. And you look at the managers Chelsea have had over their history, particularly in the last two decades, and you see some of the biggest names in world football. And if you look who's available, you've mentioned Julian Nagelsmann, Zinedine Zidane is out there, Pochettino's available, Luis Enrique is available, Brendan Rodgers has just got the sack at Leicester City. So there are a decent few names on the market in terms of Chelsea, uh, potential new Chelsea managers. So who would be your pick? Would it be Nagelsmann? Um, for me, yes, it probably it probably would be. Um, I think, as I say, the timing's quite... What's nice is with Nagelsmann is we've now got his career, it's a bit of a straight, but he, he has Hoffenheim and Leipzig before that. And there's four years at Hoffenheim doing a great job taking them from 17th in Bundesliga to Champions League qualification before then upgrading. You know, he doesn't, he's, there's no issue with a club, no internal politics. He just then make, takes the next natural step to Red Bull. Red Bull has some good finishes, gets them to their first ever Champions League semi-final. You know, two good teams there, then buying come calling, right? And so those first two jobs, it's sort of just him building his career. He's done a good job. Buying comes calling. Look, to be honest, Bayern sack everyone. Bayern sack Carlo yeah. Angelotti. I thought like, he was unlucky to get sacked from Bayern, yeah, to be honest. exactly. So he, he's there a season, just under two seasons, or I guess season three quarters, whatever. And he, you know, wins in the Bundesliga last year. They were eight from eight in the Champions League this year. They dominate. They got through a Champions League group, which had Barcelona, who were running away with La Liga, and Inter Milan, who were fellow Champions League quarterfinalists. They only conceded two goals in the entire group stage. They only conceded two goals in the entire competition. They... I mean, PSG are, you know, PSG with the likes of Messi, Neymar and Mbappe and, and Bayern Munich sort of made them look pretty ordinary. They sort of neutered them. That was two pretty comfortable games of football there. So he was eight from eight in the Champions League. So he, for me, is, you know, the person. I do not necessarily think he necessarily, the evidence is there to say he fits Chelsea's long-term project because the evidence isn't there of him doing a long-term project. But his steps have been to, his steps prior to Bayern have been taking that next step, next step, next step. So the long-term project idea has not necessarily been an option because it's been him going through the ranks and at Bayern Munich, he was offered a five-year deal. Um, he lasts a season and a bit. Um, but Bayern Munich, as I said, Bayern Munich sack managers pretty regularly. I think Pep Guardiola is the longest-serving manager in recent memory, which is three seasons. But Carlo got ruthlessly sacked. Like They, they churn through managers very quickly. And when you're Bayern Munich and you're the biggest club in Germany, You've got the best squad in Germany. You've got the most finances, etc. That approach is fine because it works because you can still win your, you can still win your league and you can just bring in the best managers because Bayern is the biggest job in Germany. So any up and coming young German manager wants to manage them. 
You know, I think Nagelsmann would be certainly one I would like to see. Um, I think there'd be, you know, he said he's got that big club experience now, having been at Bayern Munich, and he is, you know, very, very impressive. Um, there will obviously be other candidates. I think it is interesting that I'd be surprised if it is someone like a Pochettino or Enrique purely just because they have been available for a long time and Chelsea did not ditch Graham Potter till just now. And maybe it's just coincidence, but that is also when Nagelsmann becomes available on the market and there were times where they could have maybe sacked Potter before. So I would be surprised if it's a Pochettino or Enrique. Luis Enrique, there'll be questions because he's not had a club job for five and a half years or so. Um, the Spain national team. I think they've won about one game in regulation time over the last two tournaments. Obviously, struggle a bit of a struggling to score goals, which is a, a problem Chelsea face. Enrique, no doubt, did amazing things at, at Barcelona. But then again, without you know trying to dismiss that, people then go, what has he done? His career prior, you know, outside of Barcelona with with Roma, I think, and Celta Vigo is not the most impressive. Um, and people go Barcelona, and he's got Messi, Suarez, Neymar, which I think is a bit bit harsh. But there'll be questions there, not having done a club level job for for a, for a number of years. I mean, Chelsea hired Luis Felipe Scolari, did not work <laughs> out well. I'm not saying Enrique would follow suit. And then Pochettino is an interesting one because he's you know he he did finally win those trophies at PSG, but but that's PSG, right? That's that's the team they should win those trophies, and there will be. The Spurs links, there will be those Spurs links. And, and you know, while it's something that I think fans, you know, would need to get over, having managed a rival, that's not necessarily easy. And it's a bit different from when Spurs appointed Mourinho and Conte, because Spurs have not won anything. And they're, you know, those two are, are serial winners. Pochettino did not have the success at Spurs. And Chelsea, you know, fans are kind of used to that success. So that would be an interesting one culturally just if there could be the acceptance of bringing in a former Spurs manager to Chelsea that would be an interesting one I know other names on the list you've got Ruben Amarim from Sporting Lisbon which would be you know an interesting shout you know a very impressive uh, result against Arsenal in in the the last knockout round of, of the Europa League he's won a Portuguese league title over there he's young that would be interesting again that's I, I mean, I don't know. Could he make the step up? He's probably more suited to make that step up than, say, Graham Potter was, having you know dealt with the fact that he's got the league, he's got domestic and European football in the same season. It, it would be, you know, it's interesting. I think, thankfully, Chelsea ruled themselves out of going after Roberto De Zerbi today, which is just quite nice, just because I think optically going after 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 another Brighton manager would look would look pretty poor, and it's just like Todd winding you just by Brighton type thing. But no, I think for me, Nagelsmann is. Is the front runner? I'd be excited by by what he has to offer. You know, he's he's a young coach, so again, I think that can help him sort of relate to you know make him sort of relate to to the players he's got there. Chelsea, unlike Bayern, I do not think have like a, a squad of like aging players particularly. There's a lot of young players in there that I think he could you know could, could work with. I don't think he's necessarily got to worry about having to deal with the egos of like a, a Manuel Neuer or Thomas Muller, who they were clearly issues issues with uh, a Bayern and obviously Joshua Kimmich has, has spoken very highly of him at Bayern Munich saying he's one of the best three managers he's ever worked under and that's a man who has worked under Pep Guardiola I think maybe Carlo Angelotti you know Hansi Flick Julian Nagelsmann so that's you know some pretty pretty high praise right there um it would be exciting it would get I think it would get Chelsea fans you know excited because essentially there's there's something more to fall back on with Potter the falling back was, you know, going through the ranks at Ostersons, taking Brighton from where they were in the Premier League, implementing a philosophical philosophical change and taking them higher 
of the league, but you know there was not the tangible trophies to to show for it. Whereas Nagelsmann, even if it is just a Bundesliga, there is something there to show and fall back on for Chelsea fans. So for me, it would be Julian Nagelsmann. It's interesting when the timing will be because Chelsea have got Champions League quarter final against Real Madrid in a week's time. I'd be surprised if he is there for that, and then it makes you know. Bruno Salter in charge for a Champions League quarterfinal against Real Madrid does not really fill me with confidence or expectations whereas Nagelsmann for that would but then it's also is Julian Nagelsmann ready to jump straight from Bayern into Chelsea we'll have to wait and see and if Julian Nagelsmann would prefer to go take the job in the summer then that would be you know fine with me I guess ideal scenario is he takes over as soon as possible but if it was to be in the summer that would be fine with me because Chelsea have only got the Champions League really to play for this season and while I do think him being in the dugout would increase our chances of beating Real Madrid and you know potentially a Bayern City and then whoever's on the other side of the draw I'm just not still not sure it's going to actually make a huge difference to, to Chelsea season overall a lot of unanswered questions at Stamford Bridge. The Graham Potter era is over. Who will be in to replace him? We'll bring you up today on Football Social Daily and we'll be right around the debate and discussion, as will Nick on his dedicated Chelsea podcast. That Chelsea pod, it's part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And a bit of a, a rush yesterday, Nick. All hands to deck to... Make sure you've got some commentary on the Graham Potter situation only a matter of hours after discussing the defeat to Villa. So hopefully some more positive news on that Chelsea pod in the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, having to release tweeting the pod out about 6pm, having been out for a few hours and then really the news breaking at 8pm and I'm going oh brilliant this, this is great a lot of what was said there is probably not as not very relevant now albeit some of it is and do check it out and then I've been thinking right I've got to quickly rapidly get get something out because we've got Liverpool I mean we're recording Tuesday I don't know if it's out but we've got Liverpool this evening something and I've got to then get this out in time before the Liverpool games so that was a, a mad scramble first thing yesterday morning just bat, bash something out for 20 minutes uh, just get, get some reaction now it's been it's been, yeah, been crazy. And I said, you know, we've been doing the podcast since June 2020 and we're now going to be, we've had three permanent managers now and we've got, got our first interim uh, and then we wait for to see who the fourth manager is of, of that Chelsea podcast uh, time covering Chelsea. Chelsea keeping Nick busy on the podcast. Check it out. That Chelsea pod, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Nick, really appreciate you giving up some time today. That is it from us on Football Social Daily. As I said earlier, we'll be back again tomorrow and Roger Johnson, former Premier League defender, will be joining us talking about his career in the game about his time at Wolves about his time at West Ham and indeed at Cardiff and Birmingham City too but also about the time he suffered an injury at Selhurst Park which nearly killed him a crazy story that's worth listening to so check out the podcast tomorrow but from us today that is it and we'll catch you next time on Football Social Daily Football Social Daily is a voice works or production for the Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.